Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Now what am I supposed to do? Wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are here to talk about the end of the world. It is here, it is now, but first, lend me your ears. The EPA asked the public which rules to scrap and got chewed out. <laughs> That's right, last month, the Environmental Protection Agency put out a call for comments asking which environmental regulations to consider for, quote, repeal, replacement, or modification, end quote. More than 55,000 people weighed in before the comment period closed on Monday. Now, before I read the whole article, I want to say, if you're sad you missed the comment period, well, if you've got an opinion on the possible elimination of our national monuments, the docket is open until May 26th. Now back to our regularly scheduled. And guess what? A sweeping majority of Americans who responded want the EPA to keep, guess what, protecting our health. Quote, have we failed to learn from history and forgotten the harm done to our air, water, and wetlands, wrote Karen of New York. If anything, regulations need to be more stringent. I remember the days of smog, pollution, and rivers spontaneously combusting. End quote. That actually sounds kind of exciting. <laughs> Yeah. Um, one way to get rid of the pollution is just light it on fire, right? <laughs> one person actually went so far as to fill the comment section with no 1,665 times. That's an emphatic no. Qu another quote, know your history or you'll be doomed to repeat it. I don't think they were able to like put that doomsday voice in their written comment. An anonymous commenter wrote, Environmental regulations come about for a reason. It is not a conspiracy to harm corporations. It's an attempt to make the people's lives better. You know, people. They're the ones who keep the corporations running. <laughs> End quote. A task force will review the comments and identify which regulations to place on a chopping block in a report to EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt. The effort is an, a response to executive order President Trump issued in March. Yeah, this is funny to me because this I, was... I did way too many commentaries on that, but I had to make fun out of it. Yeah, well, I mean, my commentary, too, is that they do this as... They, it seems like they were sort of expecting this outpouring of people saying, oh, good, get rid of the regulations, we want to have the corporations be free, you know. But what they really got was the people saying... <laughs> Hey, protect our air, protect our water. Protect well, I, I don't know why they're even doing the public comment. It's like they're legally required to do the public comment, but they're also legally required to, like, follow the law and not get rid of it. Yeah. Well, so. I just know that out of all of those comments, you know, that even with all those 55,000 people weighing in, they're going to find the one person who said, cut all the regulations, and they're going to print that on a big poster and say, well, this is our plan. We're going to... We're going to cut all regulations just because one commenter said so. It's like, and then they'll call it democracy. Well, we have to have fair and balanced. <laughs> yeah, fair know. and balanced. They'll show that one comment and one pro-regulation comment and call it fair and balanced. 
There you go. All right, well, this, this one's not about balance at all. This is about upsetting the balance. Warm Arctic air fuels the second warmest April on record. Come on, April wasn't hot. It was <laughs> super hot. Super hot. An unusually warm Arctic spring fueled the second hottest April on record globally. With global warming and unusual weather conspiring to shrink sea ice... Conspiring, see? There is a conspiracy out there. I knew it all this time. We found the global warming conspiracy. The unusual weather is conspiring. Yeah. It says it right there. Yeah. What's it conspiring to do? It's conspiring to shrink sea ice and push up polar temperatures. Worldwide conspiracy. Conspiracy. Yeah. yeah. April, nah. Well, April temperatures were up 1.5 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 0.9 degrees Celsius. Warmer than the worldwide, warmer worldwide than the 1950 to 1950s. So it wasn't average. like one area. It was literally the whole world was 1.5 degrees Fahrenheit hotter. Yeah. So. And this was according to NASA data released on Monday. Uh, this is extending to three, a string of hot months in which temperatures were surpassed just once in history. And guess when it was that it was hotter than this past April? Maybe last year? Yeah, 2016. <laughs> I actually, honestly, when I first read the article, for a moment I thought, oh, was there some sort of freak heat wave back in the 50s or something? And no, 2016. <laughs> that's, just, the, that's the previous record. Okay, right? I was just guessing, but... Yeah, good guess. The warm global average last month was heavily influenced by a continuation of unusual. Actually, high it says it here in the article. If I had read further, yeah, <laughs> <Just like. laughs> yeah, I could uh, act like I was smart. So, so the Arctic warmth has been linked to record low levels of sea ice and to the variability of weather, including northward moving storms that have brought heat with them. Heat and you know flooding in some areas. So worldwide, the the temperature was 1.5 degrees Fahrenheit warmer. But in the Arctic, the average temperature was 6.3 degrees higher. So, you know, of course, you know, the rest of the world is cooling, uh, warming slower. But where do we have all our ice? Yeah, it's at the poles. And what does ice do? It reflects the sun back into space. Yeah. Right? And, of course, it keeps the water cool. So um, when you want a cool drink, you don't put it out in the sun. Yeah, That's a not. scientific method. <laughs> so, U.S. Canadian tribes to declare Keystone opposition. Wait a second. Why would they be against Keystone oil pipeline going through their property? <laughs> it's almost like, you know, they, I don't know, don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. Indigenous tribes on either side of the United States-Canadian border are planning to sign a declaration opposition to the controversial Keystone XL oil pipeline. Maybe if they downsized it from XL to just small, people yeah, small, would like it. Medium. It's just like yeah. Keystone S pipeline. Well, and this is one of those retro comeback things that is throwing me for a loop. You know, they remake old movies and things like that, and now they're reviving the Keystone XL pipeline, even though we thought we had gotten rid of it. It's one of the very much less entertaining uh, revivals. Leaders of Canada's Blackfoot Confederacy, the Great Sioux Nation, and the Ponca Tribe in the United States would gather in Alberta Wednesday to sign the 16-page declaration the Associated Press reports. The tribes are calling the declaration historic, representing long-standing bonds among the groups 
with together represent tens of thousands of indigenous people. Quote, there is a historic union between first Americans in Canada and Native Americans in the United States, said Casey Kemp, Henrik Punka Councilman told the Associated Press. Greed knows no limits, and those in the way are simply collateral damage to corporate profits, said Brandon Sazu, chairman of the South Dakota-based Crow Creek Sioux, said in a statement. The declaration will reinforce the long-standing beliefs of some tribes that Keystone will violate their treaty rights. The pipeline would not cross any reservation land, but much of its route will be in areas that the tribes have historically claimed. And, of course, in many cases, it's right up river from where they live. Yeah. And, th- and when I say they, I mean us, because it's up river from where we live. The declaration will reinforce the longstanding beliefs. Let's see. President Trump gave Keystone its federal permit in March after former President Barack Obama had rejected Trans-Canadians' application in 2015. The $8 billion project is planned to run from Alberta's oil sands to refineries on the Gulf Coast. It still, of course, faces significant hurdles before being built, most notably a drawn-out permitting process in Nebraska. Now... This oil pipeline is basically taking tar sand oils from Canada down to a refinery in the Gulf Coast to then ship it around the world. Yeah. And tar sands oils are some of the most uh, damaging climate-wise. It's like a, it's one of the things that are listed as a climate bomb, quote-unquote. You know, mm-hmm. It's not a scientific term, but there's so much uh, emissions associated with these tar sands projects that... It's going to push us well past the 2 degrees Celsius target. But isn't one of the reasons why a lot of people push for this is it's going to make us energy independent? Well, that's what but they it's say. But none of it's going to stay. The whole idea is very little of this will stay yeah. in the U.S. because um, They've been doing that we don't want it. It's, I mean, it, it, it's such polluting oil. Yeah. I mean, tar sands oils... Um, Nobody wants to burn that. And they've been doing that with coal, too. They're saying, oh, let's, let's extract all of this so that we can have energy independence. And then they sell it overseas to be burned over there. And the way that global warming works, it's not like burning it in another country is going to protect us from global warming. If it's burned anywhere on the planet, the greenhouse gases are emitted, and we all get... Quit cooked. being logical. Stop it. Logic. Science. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> so The it, answer is... Science! Science! In other news, China and India to reach climate goals years early, as the U.S. likely... Wait a second. China and India are ahead of us? Yeah, they're ahead of us. <laughs> In, like, worldwide... Okay. Yeah. Mind officially slightly blown. Yeah. This is sort of a wake-up call to me, because the way things are going in the U.S., I just feel very pessimistic about our hopes of meeting the climate goal of 2 degrees Celsius. You know, much less than 1.5, which is a more sensible goal. But here, China and India are actually at least trying. <laughs> Slowing coal use in China and India has put the world's two most populous countries on track to beat their carbon emissions goals under the Paris Climate Agreement, according to a new analysis. Greenhouse gas emissions from both countries are growing more slowly than they predicted just a year ago, and the difference is substantial, roughly 2 to 3 billion tons annually by the year 2030. 
That would be enough to more than offset the relatively poor performance expected from the United States as President Donald Trump rolls back controls and puts the U.S. on track to miss its Paris pledge. The forecasts were issued by Climate Action Tracker, a consortium of three international research organizations, as negotiators from around the world met in Bonn, Germany, to carry out the global climate treaty's work. Quote, five years ago, the idea of either China or India stopping, or even slowing, coal use was considered an insurmountable hurdle, as coal-fired power plants were thought by many to be necessary to satisfy the energy demands of these countries, said Bill Hare, CEO of Climate Analytics. Recent observations show they are now on the way toward overcoming this challenge. At a time when the United States, the number two contributor to world carbon emissions, appears poised to back away from its Paris climate pledge, the trends in China and India are a significant development in the battle to cur curb climate change. Now, of course, despite their recent successes in slowing their carbon emissions growth, Climate Action Tracker noted that the emissions were still on track to continue growing in both China and India. So the emissions are growing, they're just not growing as quickly as they, we thought they would. So we're going off a cliff, but we're slowing down in our approach to the cliff. <laughs> we might just sort of slowly inch and fall off the cliff. Well, <laughs> at least um, Trump's planned policies would downgrade us from medium to inadequate. Yeah. I mean... We would officially be... Inadequate in the world's mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just like... Thanks to the Trump administration. Just like... And our own collective choice to not do anything about it. <laughs> Speaking of us not wanting to do anything about it, how about the 21-day apathy detox? Apathy detox. That sounds like something I could use. Does this sound like anyone you know? Since November, and really for a long time, I've known about the threat of climate change. I've been plagued by the sense of hopelessness and foreboding. And I can't, I just can't shake it. I've tried it all. Late night Facebook fights, <laughs> spurging on fancy salads, retreats in the woods where I scream at a tree. Now I'm just parked on the couch watching Sex and the City reruns. Can I learn to hope again? Yes. Would you like to be the advice columnist? Yeah, the advice columnist. Well, you found <laughs> the right advice columnist. Uh, Tree song. No, yes. just like, yeah. <laughs> well, and this is from Ask Umbra on the grist.org site. Uh, uh, I'm here to quietly change your Facebook password and not so quietly offer the best tools, tricks, and advice to help you fight for a planet that doesn't burn and a future that doesn't suck. You'll build civic muscles, find support buddies, and better your community. Now, I like this guide because it's a way to have sort of positive, concrete action steps that any of us can take if we choose to in our own lives for shedding our climate apathy. And I'm looking I'm yeah. looking at the 21 yeah, days. Uh, like make a plan, meet your neighbors. I like meet your neighbors. That's a good one. What, a social media makeover. Green your power sources. Protest like a pro. <laughs> Fight City Hall. I like get offline. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That'll, that'll be a hard one for me. I spend too much time online. That's really. right. But anyway, they've got... If you would like... A link to the 21 days, the 21 day apathy de detox. How to figure out ways to help you undirtyfy your life? Hmm. Is that a word? 
It is now. It's <laughs> just like, um, if you would like the link, please email us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Otherwise, go to grist.org and look for Umbra. She should come up with a song for it, like the 12 days of Christmas, you know, on the first day of detox. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like Meet Your Neighbors. That's a good one. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of even just reading the titles of the different strategies. There are a lot of good ideas in there. Now I have one that we can couple two things at once. I have pledged to bike um, an ungodly amount of miles in June to raise money for childhood cancer. If you would like to join me and get, you know get people to pledge to. Uh, well, give money. It's the the greater bicycle challenge. Um, here's a chance to you know help the planet with lowering your carbon footprint. I just thought of this now, and raise money for childhood cancer. Yeah, not to give it, but to help kids with childhood cancer. Yeah, exactly. So, so we're it, it's twofold: like pollute less in the world and raise money for the kids who already have been sick from the pollution. So, yeah. And there's a term in permaculture, stacking functions, where you take one element of the system and it does multiple things for you. This sounds like that kind of situation. You're getting exercise, you're helping the planet, you're helping the kids. And you could practice today. I don't know if you know this, but today is National Bike to Work Day. Ta-da! And um, I forgot to bike here. I did last week, but I have to actually rush to an appointment after this in my, you know, so... What else is today? It happens to be, I mean, you put it on the schedule. Should I tell people? <laughs> yeah, you can tell people. It is Tree Song's birthday. Da, 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 da. It is a national holiday. Yes. Along with National Bike to Work Day. So, um, other things coming up. Pick Strawberries Day. <laughs> that should be the whole month. Yeah. Whenever the strawberries are ready, <laughs> any, any day is a good day to pick strawberries. Also coming up, we have... National Waiters and Waitresses Day. Now remember, you know, remember that's the, you know, a lot of waiters and waitresses survive on your tips. So keep that in mind when you uh, tip your waiters and waitresses. They do really hard work for us. Biomusical Instrument Day coming up on Monday. Oh, and World Goth Day. It has been National Bike to Work Week. And, um... You can extend it if you want, if you forgot, like I did, to do it. Um, I guess I biked to the station last Friday to start myself off, and then I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, we celebrated a week early. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you know that the city of Carbondale currently has 24 miles of bike lanes with more coming. So, this is National Bike Month. To celebrate the city of Carbondale is teaming up with a lot of um, businesses and organizations to host a variety of events. The goal is to promote the many benefits of bicycling throughout the community. Coming up next Friday, the fourth Friday fair is um, coming up, and that is a chance to bike there. And then June 1st is the annual bicycle luncheon at the Turley Park Pavilion. All month long, the bike to brown bag on Wednesdays at noon. And so, and I think the bike scavenger hunt already happened. That was an amazing chance to ride all over town. Um, 
but I think that already happened. I've had a busy week and didn't do a few things, so mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah, it's been a good week and a good month for bicycles, though. Let's see, in other news, we have, oh, well, in other happenings, we're in the happening section now. We have Earth Skills and Paddle on the Cache. This is coming up on Saturday at 10 a.m. at the White Crane Canoe Rentals and Guide Service. This event is one of many this summer that will surely have you learning and connecting to the earth like no other experience in the area. They will paddle on the river and learn about native uses of plants, animals, and other resources. Uh, They will learn how to make plant cordage from local sources, friction fire from local native woods, explore, gather uh, spring food plants, and hear about how local Native Americans once lived from the land on the Cache River. I mean, imagine that, actually being able to live on the land that you live in instead of just being this sort of... I don't know, parasite. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... Living, uh, living the old school way, you know. You must register for this event calling 201-4090 or emailing whitecranecanoes at gmail.com. Yeah. Also coming, new humanist form, simplifying life through downsizing. That'll be Sunday at 12 at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. Once we grew wary of maintaining a large home, of managing and securing all our belonging, what does it take to make a change? How can we visualize and create a less demanding household, and where do we start? Simplifying life through downsizing. Um, I am very happy that I have a very small house because I am unable to buy very much, but I have a very large garage so <laughs> a lot of stuff ends up there lost and forgotten but yeah it downsizing and you know getting rid of stuff is very important to mental health yeah and it's sort of like how a a gas will expand fill the container if you've got a huge space it's <laughs> so true <laughs> yeah you'll just fill it's it all up like, before you realize yeah, just like but then with some mindfulness and some uh Reflection. Even if you have a big space, you can downsize. You're saying everybody's stuff is gas. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, let it fuel someone else's life. <laughs> yeah. Also coming up, we have Continuing the Conversation. Every Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the Newman Center. Each week, a group of Southern Illinois residents meets on Tuesday nights from 7 to 9 for Continuing the Conversation at the Newman Center. Uh, their purpose as of, uh, over the past year as the Race Unity Group has evolved from discussion to action. To bring together an interracial community, they first listened respectfully to each other's life stories. With weekly meetings, they saw strangers become like-minded comrades in arms, and they've built a community that has strengthened their understanding and compassion for one another. So they're still getting together to continue the conversation and talk about what they can do together as a community. Tuesdays at 7 at the Newman Center. A few events that are coming up. A guest against an airport and its world, Saturday, May 27th at 7 p.m. at the Flyover Info Shop. The zone to defend in western France is a sprawling 4,000-acre constellation of fields, barricades, forests, swamps, and communal farms that have physically blockaded the construction of an airport for nearly a decade. Join for a presentation by two residents of the Zone to Defend, which is located in western France, about the history and future of this ungovernable territory and a conversation about how it relates to our own land-based struggles here at home. 
Yeah, that reminds me of, I forget what country now, but we just talked recently about a country that had stopped an airport expansion because of climate change as the official reason, one of the official reasons why they stopped the expansion of this airport. Knowing that if more planes are flying, more pollution is happening, that sort of thing. So that was through, you know, an urban planning method, and this is through just grassroots people deciding, no, we don't want an airport here, and occupying land. In other news, we have the Keep Carbondale Beautiful Planning Chicken Coop Tour. It's coming up on Saturday, June 3rd at 2 p.m. at the Town Square Pavilion. They're planning a tour of the chicken coops of Carbondale from 2 to 5 p.m. Chicken coopers are still being sought to participate. The tour will run like previous garden tours. The self-guided tour will begin at the Town Square Pavilion, where maps and tickets will be available for $5. There will be more information closer to the events. Uh, co-op, oh, co- excuse me, I'm so used to saying co-op instead of coop. <laughs> We're actually talking about coops here. <laughs> coop owners who are willing to show off their chickens are asked to contact Sarah Heyer at 618-525-5525. And in honor of a Bike to Work Day, I want to play a song about taking the day off. <laughs> <Just like. laughs> yeah. Um, it is such a beautiful day, and I think it'll be a beautiful weekend that I wanted to play again Raj and Bob's Calling In Well. So, Bob, you were to work today, and I'm a little bit, well, upset because I didn't see you at work, and I was at work, and I had to take up the slack for you, man, and i just like to know what was the deal. You done ranting? Pretty much, but... Okay, I'll... How about... Yeah, okay, tell me. I, okay, I hit the clover leaf and started to merge. I know the spot. All of a sudden, I felt the urge. What urge? Took the off-ramp, bearing right. I turned the corner and I made the light. Yeah, well, back down Main Street to my drive. Uh-huh. Felt so good to be alive. Okay. I grabbed the phone in the downstairs hall. I found the number and I made the call. Yeah, I told the boss, I'm feeling fine. Plenty of sleep and plenty of time. Well, what do you mean? He didn't get it. I could tell. I had to say I'm calling in well, calling in well. I'm not sick. I ain't broke down. This ain't no trick. No alibis, lies, or story to tell. Feeling fine and I'm calling in well. 